Blog Talk Radio. In a country barreling towards a crucial election while facing a pandemic, a liar in chief, fake news, and murder hornets, this is the last 100 days. Yes, it is, everyone. Welcome to the last 100 Days podcast, our very first episode. It is Monday, July 27, 2020. There are 100 days until it is Tuesday, November 3rd, Election Day in the good old U.S. of A. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton. With me is my co-host, Michael Vega. Michael, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing all right. How are you, Scott? I'm good. Welcome to our first show, my friend. This is going to be fun. Are you ready for a ride? Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited. I mean, if, I, if I'm sitting at home discussing politics, I might as well do it on the radio. There you go. Exactly. I like it. I like it. Well, let's go ahead and give the listeners a little bit of background on what they're going to expect over the next hundred days, my friend. Why don't you introduce yourself, give a little bit of background, and what you're hoping to accomplish over the next hundred days. Um, so, you know, my name's Michael Vega. I'm a non-essential worker here in, in Hollywood. Um, I'm an actor, and I'm also a bartender. That's, so a double non-essential whammy. Um, so, you know, I've just been home the past several months and, and pretty uh, uh, neck deep in discussing, you know, the upcoming election with, with people on social media and, you know, because we're stuck at home, and, and that's pretty much the only thing I have in my face all day. So, you know, I just want to – it's it's so hard sometimes on social media to to share thoughts completely, you know, and uh, as people chime in, right. you know, uh, thoughts and stream of thoughts get lost. Um, so, you know, I, on, on the show, this show, I would love to just give my focused opinions, you know, be able to articulate them completely uh, without, you know – you know, getting mired in, in, you know, a crazy social media stream. Exactly. Plus, I mean, the thing about radio or just talking in person one-on-one is there's inflections and there's tones involved when you're texting, when you're on social media, all the context is lost, right? So you don't know if someone's being wry or witty or sarcastic or just an ass, right? I get that all the time. Like, all, exactly. All nuance is yeah. lost. And, you know, I tend to, when I write, I try to use, like, say, ellipses and things like that so that it, it almost reads like I, it sounds, but that's not always effective. So nuance is lost. A lot of times my, my, uh, my wit, you know, if that I have wit, is lost. So, you know, it gets frustrating. So you end up just repeating yourself and repeating yourself and then, you know, all is lost. It's just pointless. Exactly. Well, those of you that don't know me, my name is Scott Fullerton. I am a podcaster by trade lately. The past five years, I've been doing a little podcast called The Left of Straight Show. I interview personalities and celebrities from the areas of entertainment, foodies, books, pop culture, and advocacy. Michael has become a great friend of mine in the show uh, with all of his works through his acting and just for me hanging out in L.A. when I can. And uh, we thought it was time to 
bring a little politics discussion out there. The name of the show is The Last 100 Days, and there's a question mark on the end. And we did that purposely. The reason is we're not real happy with the current administration. So this is either going to be the last 100 days of this administration until we vote him out, or this very well could be the last 100 days of our democracy as far as I see it. Right? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I just shed a tear on that. It's no, I bad. Mean, yeah, what I want to tell our listeners, I am not a constitutional scholar. You know, I, I do have a, you know, a college level education. I, you know, I'm a smart guy. I know how I feel about, about topics. You know, I'm not here to, to school anybody or wag a finger or anything. It's just my perspective. And hopefully, you know, uh, it opens a dialogue w- with other people or gives somebody something else to think about. I hope I get new things to think about. And that's, that's all it is. You know, we are, it's a country, it's a government for the people. So, you know, our, our views and our words should be heard. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how we're trying to do. I mean, we're just trying to share opinions, opinions, and we're going to let you guys share your opinions as well. There's a couple ways you can participate in the show. Um, we are going to open up the phone lines for you to call in and give your opinion if you want. Uh, phone numbers are 347-989-0126. Uh, you never know what you're going to get with a phone call. There could be some wackadoodles out there. We are trying to keep the show relatively PG-13. If a swear word flies, it is Internet radio, but we're trying to keep it respectful. So if you want to call in, please call in and state your opinion. They, you don't have to agree with us. Please Say whatever is truly on your mind, but try to keep it to a PG-13 conversation, and we'll be respectful respectful of you if you will be respectful Absolutely. of us, right? Absolutely. As I was, uh, you know, I'm not here to uh, be bash an administration. You know, that's not, and I'm also not here to be liberal cheering squad. You know, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to shoot from the heart, you know, and, and if you can change my mind, then then do it. I, my my mind is open, but I'm not here to you know just here. Here's one of those words to bleep, bitch, about things. We need to talk about things and and, and flesh it all out. You know, just not just uh, you know playing this team mentality where you know go blue, go red. It's like no, these are the issues. This is we have to discuss why blue, why red, or whatever, what have you. Exactly. And from time to time, we're going to have special guests on. These could be people that are running for office. These could be people that have our friends of ours that have a political opinion. We are very lucky to kick off our very first show with, uh, with a great guest that we'll have on in just a little bit. His name is Brian Buckley. If you're in the entertainment industry like Michael, you know him for being what they call the Super Bowl king. He has had over... 30 commercials on the Super Bowl that have been some of the best commercials listed of all time. He's a two-time Academy Award nominee for some of his short films. He's an advocate from way back, advocating for gun violence in schools and for the Women's March. And he has started the Trump Initiative, Trump Statue Initiative in Washington, D.C. And that has started in July here he has put three living statues up in Washington to ire our little president in chief right now. 
one in front of his hotel at the post office hotel, one near the White House, and I'm not 100% sure what the other one is. But he's going to tell him there's three different living statues where these are actually people portraying uh, in statue-like form on pedestals. And we're going to talk to him all about that. We were lucky. He uh, He's a very busy guy, Michael, so we were able to talk to him the other day. It was a great interview, right? It was such a great conversation. I could have talked to him all day, honestly. And we probably would have if we could have. We definitely would have. I mean, it's just he the the, the activism is wonderful, and he's really um, – he, he is our opinion. He is trying to get Trump out of office, as are we, and that's where this Trump statue initiative come from. He's trying to get it to go nationwide. But you have to be in awe of his talent as well because he has a, a production company called HungryMan.com Productions. He has some amazing directors in that lineup, doesn't he, Michael? I mean, you know it more than I. Oh, Teika uh, Watiti is uh, one of them, which is, you know, I have a, a... – an artistic crush on, as well as, you know, <laughs> a man's a man crush. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's really amazing. If you go to uh, hungryman.com, you can, you know, see every uh, the work that they're doing and, and, you know, the things that are up and coming. Um, we don't get to mention it in the interview, but I would like to direct people to uh, – you can go to YouTube and see one of his short films called Assad, maybe 10 minutes long. It's about Somali pirates, and it's – it's really, really uh, amazing what he communicates in just a short time with, you know, uh, very little words. Right. No, he is – I mean, he's a marketing guru. He is the guy behind some of the biggest Super Bowl commercials. I think last year's 2020 commercial was the one was it car Doc ad that they all like – the- <laughs> They all talk Boston accents, and they had Chris Evans, uh, Captain America, and – I think Ben, um, what you want to call it, uh, uh, from Goodwill Hunting. Uh, oh, you're uh, right, John Krasinski. You're right, John Krasinski. <laughs> John Krasinski and, oh, Saturday Night Live alum. I forget her name at the, at the moment, but, you know, they're all in exaggerated Boston accents talking about, um, uh, I think it's a Hyundai that has a parking assistance. And, you know, they just play up the, the accent and talking about this, uh, this cab pack. <laughs> We got to pack the cat. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hilarious ad. I remember it well. I don't know what he's going to do with no Super Bowl this year. Are they even going to have a Super Bowl? I guess they're going to try to play football. <laughs> oh, my God. Sports it's ball is not my thing, game, Michael. Probably. You know me. I'm not a sports ball guy. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not big on sports. You know, when, I was a, when I was a kid, I was a band nerd. So, you know, so while I was there, I was not actually playing. There you go. I hear you. I hear you. Well, of course, we do want to mark uh, the only thing. We're not going to talk too much politics today. Like I said, it's more of an introduction about what we're all about here and what we'd like to do with the show. We're going to have some amazing guests on. We're going to talk a bit of politics, some, give some opinions. We're going to ask for your opinions via phone calls. There's ways you can send messages to us, and that will be on social media. And speaking of social media, we want you to follow us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at last hundred days pod. That's last hundred days pod. We had to throw the pod in there because I guess there's a movie or something called Last Hundred Days. So there you go. Last yeah, hundred days pod. <laughs> <laughs> so that is us on social media, Instagram and and uh, Twitter. So please follow us there. And then, like I said, I think we're going to open up the chat room too. If you're listening to us live. Um, 
have a chat room open. If you go to Blog Talk Radio and go to the link that's on all of our social media that we post, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see a live chat room open starting tomorrow where if you're too shy to call in and you want to give your opinion in – because people are – um, Twitter brave, right? Is that how it goes? Twitter brave will say anything in print and oh, won't say yeah, in person yeah. to you. So we'll open the, the chat room. <laughs> right. We will open the chat room tomorrow if you guys want to uh, weigh in that way. Same thing, though. Be respectful. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna read it on air. So that's all there is to that. But we're excited. Yeah, we're excited no to have. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can have strong opinions. We definitely have some strong opinions we'll be sharing over the next 100 days. But you need to be respectful of at least uh, the guests and the hosts. Um, and in somewhat, I mean, what what's the term now? We, got, we can't be Karens and Kevins, even though I really am tempted to talk about Karens and Kevins a lot. But, uh, I'm that's, sure we'll that's, talk about Karen. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm of the mind that Karen is genderless. I like to keep it to one name. Karen can be I like anyone that. under the sun. Absolutely. There is no gender. Let's keep it simple. Exactly. Just Karen. <laughs> the the I guy next like door, it. Karen. <laughs> right. And uh, like I said, we're not going to talk too much today. We're going to get into stuff hardcore starting tomorrow. And by the way, Michael's uh, only available because of his acting and everything. He's available right now Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. He'll kind of pop in at other times when he can. So he'll be hosting with me every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And on Tuesday and Thursday, we're going to have Brandon Carmody uh, co-hosting from up in Portland, Oregon. And we know that that is a hot spot right now. So that's going to be some oh. interesting conversations that he'll bring to the table for sure. Um, so that – oops. I've got my little songs on. Sorry if I'm playing songs to you guys. I've got to turn my speakers off here. But um, <laughs> Am yeah, I boring you? Be, I know, really. Huh? But, yeah, so we'll have, uh, we'll have be here five days a week, though, Monday through Friday. We'll play at 5 o'clock. Michael and I are going to go fi- go live at 5 every day. Um, Brandon, because of his other job, will probably be pre-taped. So we may not be taking callers or guests on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But we'll still have fun guests and everything else for you. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, what yeah, else I encourage we have? you to, to want... call in and give me hell. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Again, the 347-989-0126. Exactly. Don't we all? You have to in today's uh, very heated climate. That's for sure. All right. Well, guys, <laughs> we are going to jump into our interview today. As I said, we pre-taped this. Just the other day, Friday, we uh, talked to Brian Buckley about his Trump statue initiative. So we're going to play that for you now, and we'll be able to finish up on the other side here. It'll give us about 10 minutes to wrap things up here. We appreciate you tuning in to the last 100 days. We're going to be here for the next 100 days, Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock every single night. Let's go ahead and turn it over. This is Mr. Brian Buckley. You're listening to The Last 100 Days right here on Left of Straight Radio. Bye, y'all. All righty, guys. We are ready for our very first guest ever. He's an acclaimed filmmaker, writer, and director who's been dubbed the Super Bowl King for some of the best and most prolific ads over the years at the aforementioned sport. But his name is coming up in conversations most recently for his idea of the Trump Statue Initiative, a series of 
living quote-unquote sculptures memorializing 45's dubious leadership strategies. The initiative was born of an order that he did earlier this summer that 45 signed to help ensure the protection of Confederate statues around the U.S. in the wake of vandalism during protests following the death of George Floyd. I can't think of a better first guest we have on the countdown to the last 100 days than this brand and marketing genius. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Brian Buckley. Brian, how you doing, sir? Very good. Thanks for having me. Quite an honor to be marking the 100 days in. You know, we very, are excited to have you as our very first guest. Michael and I absolutely. were talking about uh, what's going on right now, and you are in the thick of it right now. You have been all over the press. How is how are you doing with this uh, latest little project, my friend? It's interesting. You know, you talk about the countdown. The countdown to this election is this thing that's been in my head, you know, uh, for a bit, and the urgency that we need to get voter turnout um, for November 3rd. You certainly, you know, we're reading that there isn't, there's obviously going to be a lot of confusion around that date, but so therefore we really need to do everything we can to drive voters, especially specifically the Democratic voters who are not signing up as fast as the Republican voters for registration. So to me, uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. Um, we, We sort of kicked off our efforts on July 4th, and we'll continue right straight up to election day, uh, finding uh, ways in which to sort of bring visibility to what Trump, uh, his legacy has left us. And if we have another four years, uh, God forbid, uh, what what the potential that could be, which would uh, basically, I think, I, I mean, I think it's the end of democracy, as we know, and I know that sounds rather extreme, but I will go that far, you know, that I don't, I can't even imagine what four more years would leave this country, what mess it would be in. At this point, that doesn't even sound extreme to me, the yeah. end of democracy. Well, it just seems very, very plausible, very quickly. And that's what yeah. we came up with the name of the show, Brian, because it's like the, the name of the show is the last hundred days question mark, because it's very much a metaphor. It's either the last hundred days till we get a new administration or it could literally be the last hundred days of our democracy as we know it. And that's why I put a question mark on the end. If things kind of go south, it could be kind of crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, what's going on up in Portland for all the world to see and nobody's still really stopping this at this point. And he's he's going into these other cities, Albuquerque, Chicago. It's just like, what is going on? I mean, and it's interesting to me, this guy is just a master of loopholes. You know, he's he's built that into his sort of DNA since he's come into the world, I think, and has applied that now to law enforcement. And uh, it's highly disturbing, yeah. So so everything I can do to, to sort of counter that, um, and yeah, I've been blessed, I think, in many ways with, a, you know, a marketing mind that, and study and try to figure out the weak points of him, which is pretty easy to do. <laughs> yeah. The, right. the statue thing to me was a layup. Like it's just a layup. This is a guy who's obsessed with himself, his image, his building. I mean, he's, you know, listen, before he even took office. Actually, I have an interesting story. If you want me to digress for a second. I've worked Please with do. Trump. 
uh, for the uh, Olympics. They were trying to bring the Olympics to New York, uh, a film to help bring the Olympics to New York. So um, they said, look, you can do whatever you want, and but you have to work with all the leaders of the city. So, you know, from, you know, Tish to Ray Kelly, who was running the police department, to Trump, some way in which, you know, you work with them and basically they're going to say, you know, bring the Olympics here. You know, that was the sort of concept. Um, I think it was around 2003 or four. So I came up with this kind of a take on it where we did a doc, a bunch, a bunch of kids that wanted to sort of bring the Olympics to New York City and that they were just cold calling various people. And I shot all in 16 millimeter and, and, and the people, you know, those, those high executives, they look, we're trying to bring the Olympics to New York and they invite you down to their place. It was the opposite of Raw Jones. Uh, literally, the movie was the opposite of Roger. And it was shortly supposed to be that. So I ended up, first stop was, one of the first stops of these kids was the Trump Towers and get up to see Trump. And this is before The Apprentice has happened. So uh, I get a call. I said, you know, they said, uh, why don't you, you know, wait here in the lobby? And I got all these kids with me. They're all like, you know, 18 years old. And they said, uh, Mr. Trump wants to see you now. And uh, so I go into his office. And he says, uh, he's at his computer. And he says, are you, uh, you're the director? And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm the director. He says, come over here, come over here. <laughs> so he comes around and he weighs me around his desk and he shows me a McDonald's commercial. And it's like an orange hair joke or something. And, I'm, I don't know, and he plays it for me. And he says, is this funny? And I go, and I'm like, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. You sure it's funny? I go, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Okay, okay, what are we, what are we doing here today? And that's how we sort of <laughs> launched into this is how we started our whole oh my day or half day of shooting. <laughs> and I think about it, I personally feel responsible because I should have said fucking stupid and don't ever go into entertainment. <laughs> That's what I should have said. I, I, I felt like you know, if I go back on a time machine, I should have said, don't ever think of going in front of the camera. Just build buildings, do what you're doing, step away. Right? <laughs> and, of course, I did. I you know, being the typical director type, just want to move from, from point A to point B so I get my shot and get the hell out of there. And I lied. It wasn't funny. It wasn't funny, right? So here we are all these years later, and, uh, yeah, now, you know, right, uh, here we are, exactly, in this moment, wow. which is just <laughs> mind-numbing to think. And one of the things that was really interesting when he did step out of that room and come with the kid, it was like, what do you want me to say? How do you want me to say it? And I'll do it. He mem- you know, his memory is everything. He's just dialed in, like, as if perfection. Like, he just knew exactly the tone and what needed to be said. He was a machine that way. And uh, that was the part of like, wow, like, he just, this guy does absorb, adjust to a situation and makes it, like, own, own that moment as, as, as sincere as possible. And I was meeting with these executives, all, I mean, ballers, basically all over the city. The one thing I came out right. of the Olympics, truthfully, was that I was meeting with all real estate developers for the most part. And you started to realize as you get into this process that the, the Olympics themselves was this big sort of bullshit, I mean, I guess I'm also sort of bullshit thing I have to anyway, uh, that was about the real estate developers and then sort of building out that. And so there's a whole agenda that was attached to the Olympics. And I realized, you know, again, here we are all these years later and Trump sort of still playing that real estate game, still playing that that whole thing, it's just on a bigger spectrum, obviously, at this point. Um, so, anyway, yeah, he's a showman. Stuff. That's all he is. He's not a leader. He's a showman. 
and he's very good at it. And it sounds like you got firsthand knowledge of that, but he is, he's the biggest smoke and mirrors guy I've ever seen in my lifetime um, run this kind of a run our country. And it's very, very weird to me to do this. Where did this idea come at you? Uh, You said you've been percolating on it for a while, Brian, What, what was kind of the impetus of the idea? You know, I just noticed his obsession with statues. Like, with, even before this whole initiative, I mean, I should say his thing sort of kicked off, that it just seemed like he was obsessed. So around the primary, like when they were doing the debates, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, if I should try to bring this to, you know, out there, um, at least to a candidate. And then I kind of sat on it thinking, like, I need the when's the time to strike with this thing? Because it was a big undertaking, you know. It wasn't it's not a simple thing to do. And so then, yeah. you know, when obviously everything went down at Lafayette, um, I just, that moment just blew off in my skull. Like, I just got, I just couldn't believe it. And I was in, you know, I'm in L.A. or in Venice, and I know you guys are spread out, but I'm sure Hollywood, you know, you have these cho- literally, is that stuff happening there and the choppers are flying around your house and there's all this stuff going on. I mean, it was nuts. And you, actually, there were military choppers flying around here because it was, I think it was close to the, so there was like these big Sikorsky's, not the normal police choppers. There's a completely different level of chopper flying around our place. You just felt like, wow, this country is just coming unglued in terms of, you know, there is no, this guy is a tyrant. So I thought back to like, the idea, interesting because we still live in New York, and of course, I've been over in Europe, but Europe, New York, ironically, I live right down by the Statue of Liberty. I used to see those Statue of Liberty people, and I always be like, wow, that's amazing. When these guys like sit there handing out those pamphlets, it's 106 degrees. Very entertaining to see them standing there with their outfits <laughs> on, and you're like, that's a real person under that. There's like someone standing there handing those things out, and obviously it works because people are like, oh, you know, taking pictures with it and sort of interacting with that person. And you see street performers, you know, over in Europe, uh, same thing. And, and the street performer, to me, is this, and when done well, it's such a magical thing, you know. So that that's true. It, it's, or, it's organic. I mean, it's, it's something people can, can get involved in, as opposed to, like, you know, a statue that represents something they have really no sense of history about, you know, but something that, that's active and, and organic in front of them. I could see how people be attracted to that. Yeah, because there's a physical element of how are they standing there? How are they standing so still? <laughs> Just that alone. Okay. Like most people don't usually think about someone standing still, but in this case you do, and you connect, and then you can also adjust that statue emotionally, uh, almost like you know directing. Oh, okay, let's try this, do this, and or change up poses. There's a, there's a, I guess the best way to say it is like there's, yeah, there's a spiritual connection with the audience that does not exist with Marvel and, uh, you know, and, and gold. Is that what you use no the theater actors? Yeah. Yeah, they, we basically went, you know, I, I use a lot of, in my work, I use a lot of minds. I use a lot of dancers. I, I love physical expression. Like, I just, it, it could be the simple thing, like a person walking across the room, but you want them to move in a sort of different way, and you don't really think about it, but it's because they're, they're a dancer, or, you know, they strike mm. emo- like an emotional moment in a commercial, and you're like, oh, it's just a person, but, but no, actually, it's a mind, and you do this. So I do, 
it, it's interesting because they, they're underutilized, and dancers aren't, but certainly mine, you know, no one really thinks much about them, um, that are underutilized in art, you know, really. So, yeah, so the, these guys are clowns, mine, you know, part-time actors. Um, all of them have, like, an incredible uh, physical ability to, to sit there for an hour and not and move, which is Because as a theater, I, that's what it really uh, attracted me to the pieces. It, it was like, oh, wow, I, I could see myself you know, uh, how you would interact with whoever's watching, with the audience, you know, getting that sort of emotional feedback and, and, and that informing how you change your position or how you, you know, what you're resonating while you're standing there. Yeah, and they have their own, if they do the statue work too, it's like, oh, do you want my eyes open, horrified, closed, we do different things, you know. How much do you want to, do you want when we switch from pose to pose, is it like a mechanical switch? That's generally, like, so everything's almost dance-like figured out, which we did in this case. Um, like, our troupe didn't really get together until we got to D.C. And, of course, you're dealing with uh, the additional bonus of COVID. So how right. to work through that as a statue next to the next person and then do that safely and follow all the sort of protocol that needs to be followed when you have a president who doesn't wear a mask. So <laughs> all the designs had to be sort of based around uh, the uh, our president's horribleness. So um, right yeah, until so that, he's getting his ass handed to him, and he decides to wear a mask. That is, but yeah, right, exactly. Right. On, on special occasions, right? I mean, like, he's going to get a, he's like, a oh, yeah, coin military just for it. <laughs> yeah, he walks to a military hospital for one hour with a mask on, and it's national headlines. I'm like, why are we giving him national headlines? I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. Yeah. But we do, and the media does feed into that. Unfortunately, it, it's sort of like this game um, that uh, he's mastered. He's completely and utterly mastered the game. It's just, it's uh, incredible. Um, Absolutely, it's one so, thing we're fighting. You know, we're fighting against his uh, what he's doing. But then there's also, you know, I don't, I don't completely believe in the whole fake news idea, but the sensationalism of, of it all. Because I, you know, I speak to a lot of people on social media, and just how they interpret the information of what's actually going on is so askew from, from the reality. It's, it's like, uh, how do you yeah. get through to people when the information is wrong? Right. And that sort of, again, led me down. It was interesting because I did a series of outdoor boards, which I don't know if you guys saw, projections with Illuminator out of New York. Um, I did, yeah. Those were fantastic. Yeah. Yep. On the fourth, right? So that sort of kicked things off. And then, you know, the reaction was like, eh, you know, like, okay, what else you got in your, uh, your creativeness? <laughs> you know, and, and it, and you realize like people are, they're sort of dull to that. Like they don't, they're not excited about that. Even if the message is right, the messaging is correct. It just doesn't matter. It's hard to get to break through. And right. then, uh, you know, you look at your, I mean, I'm looking at what, whether it's, you know, a Republican group or now sort of semi-Republican Democrats, the Lincoln Project, or, you know, uh, is done and sort of pushed out, or, you know, I was looking at the minus touch stuff, which is sort of hitting at a certain level of the Fox level of sensationalism or, you know, edits or, and good work, by the way, I'm not, I don't want to be demeaning it because I think it's all part of sort of bringing this guy down, but, it's not, it's still traditional sort of weaponry against this guy. 
Like they're not, right. we're not trying to infiltrate at a different level. Like how do we break through that barrier to especially to the independent voter, which, or to, you know, to, to those voters that we might be able to swing over to the other side and creating statues, weirdly enough, because every kid dreams of having some little trophy in their house and every, you know, we've been born and raised on statues and Statue of Liberty and all this other stuff. And you know, President obsessed with statues and this conversation about these things is mad. It's crazy, but it's all because it's built into our DNA, right? So Absolutely. we, we look at statues as this accomplishment in our lives of what we did. It's the best it's going to get, you know, and if you really kick ass in life, maybe you go to your graveyard and you look at it and you're like, wow, that guy got a statue. He must have done something. You can't even read the statue at this point. It's all faded away. That's, that guy must have kicked ass in his life. So, you know, that is many, is still held in very high regard. So mentally speaking, I think you can infiltrate into people's brains, like start to set in those moments in a three-dimensional manner that right. – Get, that cracks through, gets through that defense mechanism for a second. Like pro-Trump people could look at that statute for a second, go us, yeah, but then they read the bottom and get mad, right? So they, they get to the top and they're <laughs> like, they might actually look at the poser going, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. You know, obviously they're not going to look at the bunker that way. But the bunker really sets forth or go back to school is just a true, it's a truism, right? It's like nothing here, we, you know, it's true. He hid in a bunker. It's true. He told the kids to go back to school. These aren't, these aren't really debatable facts, you know. And put into a statue, it could possibly move, infiltrate that brain, create sort of, a pro, I'll say propaganda in, in essence, that will move that, make that person think, hmm, you know, like in, in a way that other things can't do right now. And these times, but based on our response to the work, I've never seen really anything. It's crazy. And the way that it, it's moving about in terms of unlike paid-for media, this is art. So it's only moving right. through the channels of art, through the art for, through our art community is it moving forth, or through the media that's yeah. moving forth. So it's like, which is the most exciting thing to me at all, is like, you know, Banksy's doing stuff. You're like, you're like it's just cool. It, it opens your brain. It, it infiltrates and it can bring change, I think. You know, well, hopefully it hits, that, hits that, that empathy button. I mean, that's what I'm finding so much. It's just the lack of empathy, this idea that if it's not happening to me or in my immediate world or somebody I know, then I don't have to care about it. You know, I'm listening to people, right. you know, talking about the wall of mothers who are getting tear gassed, you know, speaking of them as if they were damaging property and destroying things. And I, I hear people say, well, they deserve it because, and I tried to tell them, no, no, they don't, <laughs> you know. They no. were just, just standing there, mm. you know. And this, oh. this team mentality of, you know, is just crazy. It's crazy. I mean, that, what you just said is, is a crazy statement, right? And you see those women, you know, like, these are people's mothers, you know. They're, right. They, you know, the, uh, the elderly that got assaulted during this last, 45 days is astounding. It's an astounding videos that we've seen. Just the elderly couple of key videos. That I just is that a new product or is this just something that we just never saw before because people didn't have their phones up? 
I'm not sure. Mm. But the no. disregard for the elderly is just astonishing. The ones that stood up against this, you know, against this oppression. It's like the police pushing them down. Like, what? Really? They, they, they're walking so, over them. You know? What? Really? Right. Now, he does so many asinine stunts. How are you able to... To, to bring it down to these three, because I think they're three of the best probably examples you can give. I think the bunker really does bring the humor aspect to what kind of a man child we're dealing with. But the other two are definitely hot topics with the Bible and with the school thing. How were you able to draw this out? How many ideas did you start with to boil down to these three? Cause you were on target, my friend. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I sort of, in my mind, I said, okay, it's sort of like that particular in DC is sort of a three-act play to me, like what, what are the, like, one was sort of like the, the crowning moment, which is the, the poser, which to me was a defining moment in his presidency of how narcissistic and in such a person that is unraveling our democracy uh, every element from the, the every part of that thing, you know, walking through the demonstrators, shooting the demonstrators, the peaceful demonstrators to take a photo op with a Bible, which he's not even didn't even bother with a prayer, stood there, and then you watch his administration stand next to him, bar, et cetera, and they don't even stop him. They just let it happen, and you're going like this. Right. Is, that to me was a defining moment, right? So we know that is a defining moment of his presidency, and everything thereafter sort of to me comes out of that. You know, even the fact that you know there's no the COVID mass and all that other stuff. That's all part of his walk, right? So he's done literally everything you could possibly do wrong in that moment. Galvanized by 24 hours later, generals for the first time start speaking out against him, which to me was a big moment because they should have been speaking out before that. Right, because they were talking about military intervention, which is against the Constitution, but no one was really fighting it at that point. They up to that moment, and then all of a sudden it was wrong. You know, we got to pull out, et cetera. That moment was easy. The bunker, to me, again, like you have a guy, it's the equivalent of the bone spurs. Like my original, original idea was like when I talked that, which is the bone spurs thing. It's like the problem with bone spurs and mm. talking about that in terms of the presidency is that we've been there, done that. It's old news and it's been bludgeoned to death, unfortunately, and no one cares. No one cares that this guy avoided the draft, right? No, no one cares about that, um, unfortunately. Right. And even his generals don't care. They've got locked step with him, even though this has happened, the military has watched up with him. So, okay, so we know that doesn't matter. But what does matter is when you go and hide from the people and you go down into that bunker and you don't address the people. And that, you know, was even stronger in my mind when you go to the White House, which is completely on lockdown now. You know, Secret Service out there, uh, you have fences all along everywhere. You can't get near the White House. Still, here we are a month and a half later, still can't get there. I marched with my parents, not really marched, I sat on my dad's shoulders for Nixon. <laughs> like, I went down to D.C., you know, free Bobby Seal, Black Panthers to, you know, obviously Vietnam. My parents were very active. We, I never forget, we drove 16 hours down from Boston to get down. There was a never-ending trip and got all the way down there. And uh, we used to have a paddy wagon. That was our, our vehicle, like my father and mom's car. Our family car was a police paddy wagon. So we'd sit in the back. We'd go all the way down there, do this march. 
Nixon doesn't come out. Nixon doesn't come out. Everyone's been in he comes out. He doesn't come out. He's watching the Redskins, ironically. He's a Redskins fan. So he's watching the football, and he didn't come out. I always remember, I go, is he going to come out, Dad? And he's like, no, he's watching the football game. He like, but he didn't, what he didn't do was put a barrier up between him and the people. And to his credit, as awful as he was, he didn't put a barrier up between that in that instance, you know. And this president is so afraid, he's so not about the people, that to this moment in time, he's still so afraid that he has these barriers up around the White House. That's so, it's, he's right. not a president for the people, right? That's, that's, you take the fences down. You've got, you, you got to address the people, the, the people who put you in office. And he's not willing right. to do that or even make it inviting, which is not American. It's un-American. So that was easy. So that barrier, that, that bunker thing was a layup for me too. The COVID thing, I look at that and say, probably the most insane order ever from a president uh, on domestic soil is to send kids into school post in the COVID era, right? I mean, here you are, you know, right to life, all about it, and you're willing to throw the same kids that you said have to arrive in this world to school, spread disease to the bus driver the minute they get in, spread the disease to the 65-year-old teacher who's just trying to hold on for one more year, you know, teaching-wise, to the gym teacher who's also probably in his 50s and just looking to get through his next few years. You're, you're killing people with your kids. Right. And then probably telling your kids along the way. And justifying. I mean, we should have seen this it. coming. I mean, you know, he wasn't about to do anything when kids were getting shot in schools wholesale. So. No. <laughs> no, thoughts Never and prayers can. is what he delivered for them. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> and and that that's not even thoughts and prayers for these kids. Like, he's not even giving them thoughts and prayers. He's, he's just sending them off, going, we got to do it because it's about, it's about the economy and everything's back to ship shape and let's, let's, let's appear. Like, we don't want to – we know the disastrous outcome of the parents will have to deal with the burden of the kids at home, and they can't – you know, obviously it's a really hard situation if they're working. And, but, that, but that's money and economy and money. We can figure that out. Right. We can't figure out debt. Like, that's sort of not going to work. You know that's fine. I mean, this blind support it, it makes me feel like that, you know this country ha- part of this country is suffering from a massive Stockholm syndrome. Like <laughs> we're just falling in love with our with our kidnapper because that's all we can do. You know. Yes, you're so right. Exactly, you've fallen in love with him, and we follow it too. Let's be honest. Like, I mean, I'm thinking like, God, when Joe Biden shows up, it's going to be a snoozy fest. You know, like he's going to come. He was like. I, am I really going to follow you? you know, that's what I want. I want, I, personally, I would love things to sort of move along in a nice and we can be productive and not have all this energy. I mean, I think there's goodness that can come out of this. Like, look, the race stuff, you know, let's be honest, it doesn't happen if Trump isn't so bad. Like, he created change, whether, you know, not intentionally, but he did. And I think, exactly. you know, the Washington Redskins, they've been talking about that for you, you know, the Orange Line Sarah, et cetera. And then obviously these statues and all this sort of, you know, Black Lives Matter, that was two years ago in the business world. You couldn't even mention that without being considered a radical. Now it's considered mainstream or in, in positive. And that's incredible. So that's the, the silver lining in a very negative situation. The best I can, Have you experienced you know. any pushback from the statues or 
Um, yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. We've got one one angry senator from, I think, what's his name? Uh, let me see. I think it's Senator Cook or something. I don't know. Somebody from South Dakota was all angry about it. <laughs> this is like, you know, this is un-American. Washington's un-American. And then, of course, he shows Trump at his, you know, up at Rushmore doing his speech and in his state. Exactly. And you're like, wait a second. And then you read this guy's, like, you know, do a 20-second Wikipedia on this guy, and he's like, okay, well, he takes money from oil companies, this particular center, and from uh, uh, oil companies, and uh, who else is he taking it from? And it's like, you're, you, you, it's over $200,000 voted out the Paris Accord. Oh, yeah, coal, coal, too. And you're like, and you're for your state. You're for the people. Like, the, the Dakota, like, what, what does it have it going for it? I mean, in, environment is a pretty critical part, you know, uh, uh, to your, your state. But, yeah, you're on the take, basically. And here we are just showing something that's legitimate, and you can't. It's interesting because they can't, from what little pushback, whether it's, you know, people attacking us online or whatever, you can't argue with the facts. The guy stood in front of the White House took a selfie or took a picture, held up a Bible, and beat the hell out of peaceful protesters. That's on, you can't debate that. That's what happened. Whether you like it or not, the fact that we're just putting that out there as a statue is, what are you going to debate? You can't. And they're having a hard time articulating that. And then they're like, you know, a lot of things like, you should just rip those statues down. You know, they're people. They kind of just walked away at the end of the day. <laughs> like, like, they don't even know that. Like, one person said, paint over the statues. They're already painted. They're painted people. Like, I don't know what to say to you. Like, you're, you're not really <laughs> making a whole lot of sense in your arguments. And they're calling it the Trump Statue Initiative, which, you know, it's sort of like, bleh, you know, kind of get the word Trump out and saying, I'm going to be supporting this thing that, that starts with the word Trump. It's funny because that, too, creates confusion within the ranks of the Republicans and the Trump people because they exactly, think it's a positive. Right. They head into it. Like, well, no, I love that part because I have trouble saying his name. I use 45 all the time. I, 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 oh, it's very hard for me to form the, my lips <clears throat> around his name. So, yeah, but right. I love that you're able to use it as kind of a FU kind of thing to it, which kind of brings another uh, level to it. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the level of confusion in the ranks. I mean, that is my goal to spread as much confusion to the traditional way that they're going to push back. They just, they're having a hard time formulating stuff. You know, they go, Oh, that guy doesn't look like Trump. He's fat. He's ugly. Well, he doesn't look like Trump. It's like, what? That's what Trump looks like. And then someone's just saying like, and if they made a statue about him, they probably make him look just like that. Like, so it's funny that again, there's nowhere for it's sort of checkmate at this point. You know, I haven't figured it out. quite figured it out. Yeah. Right. No, it's great. And like you say, with the senators, I mean, the senators on the Republican side have always been very much mirror image of themselves to begin with, never more so than in this 45 era where they're totally in lockstep. I mean, you have Senator Scott, the only black senator ever on the Republican side that tries to break away and he can't even do it. So it's like we're so in lockstep now that it's just not fun. We got to start wrapping it up though on this part, um, Brian. Do me a favor. Talk about. I love that you don't want this to end with you. You're call, calling on other artists out there. We have lots of creative people out of work right now, and I think there's such creativity we found through Zooms and everything. Where do you see this mm-hmm. project going forward as? What would you like to see? Well, I would like to see you know the art community, like you said, a lot of people out there out of work. 
there's a lot of street performers that aren't performing, you know, um, artists, etc. Come up with your own work, you know, your own. It's not that difficult and put it in your city. And I would love to see the more we can sort of put these things up, you know, around events, around statues um, that need to come down. I think the more it will sort of move the meter towards an understanding and the absurdity of what Trump's doing, you know, essentially, um, especially right now in the cities like Portland, where he's, he's willing to shoot and beat people over these statues, which is horrible and using it as an excuse to, you know, the sort of race issues that are there. So we, he, every day he creates an event that's worthy of a statue, uh, of negativity that needs to live on as a mistake we made. So I feel like my job, I can't, literally, I can't keep up. I have statue designs all over the place, you know. <laughs> so uh, right. I can't, yeah, I can't keep up. We're hitting another city in eight days. We're gearing up now for that. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep on pushing onward. But it, I certainly would love all, as many people as possible. And it can be, it doesn't all have to be statues too. There's other innovative ways to use your art form to infiltrate the traditional media, you know, to just get in there. Because I think there's a lot of support for it uh, out there. And uh, it's a pot, you'll feel good once you get stuff out of you that's, you know, you're locked in your house and you're frustrated. Uh, Agreed. Get out. <laughs> well, it's absolutely amazing work, Brian. I got to tell you, for the listeners that don't understand your background, I mean, you've done some great advocacy with the Women's March and with gun rights things, but you're not just an advocate, you're an amazing filmmaker, two Academy Award nominations. We have to take some time for that one of these days to get you back here. Once, hopefully, in 100 days, we can have you on for some more pleasant uh, conversations, my friend. Awesome. I'd love to be back, and I love what you guys are doing. So thank you very much. Well, thanks. Thank you. Is yeah. there any place, have you consulted any place where people can look up things that you are doing, um, where they can find, they want to have more on the Trump Statue Initiative? Is there a website for yeah. that? Well, Is there a social Trump, media following? Yeah, yeah, there's a TrumpStatueInitiative.com. You can get on there and you can find all the sort of information you need there about what we're up to. And, you know, Hungry Man, too, my company is, uh, you know, certainly you can see sort of the work that our company's up to. Uh, across the board. So it's uh, hungryman.com too. It's a good place to go. Fantastic. Well, Brian Buckley, it's been amazing speaking to you. I want you to stay on the line. We're going to play a quick commercial break here, and you will be back. You're listening to The Last 100 Days. We'll be back in just a couple of moments. We need to have a commercial break, Michael. We have no commercials yet. We need sponsors. Do it. Yes, please. (laughs) That's a pretty good interview to start off the first show, huh? Absolutely. I mean, I'm just proud to tell people, yeah, two-time Oscar nominee, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, believe me. I like it. Well, if you guys have not seen those uh, sculptures, you can check them out. He is, like, all over media now. Check out the website. Uh, Just Google Trump Statue Initiative. You'll see pictures of these amazing statues and different stories about them. And it's just a great way to start advocacy in a different way. And as he said during the interview, if you're an artist out there out of work, looking for something to do, start your own project. You may not make money, put a hat on the ground, do something, have some fun with it. There's lots of ways Absolutely. to be creative. And if, right you, 
I'm I'm interested in doing that. So if you know me here in in LA, please get get in touch with me. I would love to collaborate on, on something with it, you know, in that vein. That would be amazing. Very and, very and cool. That, uh, just so uh, my my, you can contact me through social media. You know, uh, Michael Vega on Facebook, and then Michael Vega Act on Instagram and Twitter. So it's Michael Vega underscore ACT. There you go. All right. Well, we got to start wrapping it up here in a bit. I'm impressed with our first show. We had an amazing guest. We had a nice little chat. Didn't talk about too much political today. We will get into that in the days ahead, boys and girls. Trust me on that. We are not uh, shy about giving our opinions, right? Uh, Kid gloves are coming off. (laughs) I like it. Very, very cool. Well, we are going to have special guests in the coming days. Again, like I said, we are welcoming your phone calls starting tomorrow, 347-989-0126. We'll have the chat room open tomorrow, um, and uh, we'll we'll get some ways you can connect with us. We'd like to hear your thoughts on different things going on. Um, I do before before we go. I do want to uh, acknowledge well, we lost John Lewis, as you guys all know, last weekend, and he was uh, he's in the very first black person in the Capitol Rotunda in state, laying in state for the next couple of days. So he gets buried on Thursday. So um, shout and out to his family. Condolences for sure. And another amazing human, uh, Lady Red Couture just passed. I, I don't know if anyone who, who knows who she is, please, please look her up. But um, it's very sad to lose her as well. Yeah, amazing performer on the Hey Queen series, a good friend of um, mm-hmm. Johnny McGovern and everything. Right, exactly. Yeah. We lost the I mean, Olivia de Havilland and Regis Philbin passed the last couple of days. Uh, so Regis Philbin, huge in the talk show community. I would love to have a career as Regis Philbin in one of my lifetimes. He's uh, talked mm-hmm. to some amazing people. and uh, But the good thing is a lot of these people were – Live to a, a ripe old age. I think Regis Philbin was 88. Olivia was, I think. Olivia was one of 104, I believe. Something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. I That's mean, pretty amazing. Awesome. Right? Can you imagine pretty the things awesome. she's seen politically in her day, the elections she's oh, exper- she experienced? I can only imagine. I can't even imagine. Exactly. Wow. Well, Michael, we're going to wrap things up here. Guys, be sure to follow us again. Our social media handle for the show is Last100DaysPod, P-O-D, both on Twitter and Instagram. We're probably going to set up a Facebook page for that. Um, Follow Michael personally on his uh, social media. You can follow the Left of Straight Radio page. Social media on Instagram and Facebook, it's at Left of Straight Radio, always spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R in the number eight radio. Find out what's going on there. We do this show. We do the Left of Straight show. We have a Voices for Change 2.0 on Saturdays. It's a mental health show. So we are always looking to give some good content out there in radio land. But I'm excited for this first show, Michael. Thanks so much for being a part of it and being our uh, co-host. Thank you. I, I'm you know, so appreciative of you having me, and I'm really excited to, to uh, see where this goes. We are going to have some fun, guys. We're going to be reaching out. 
we'll be looking for sponsors and everything to get this done. So if you're interested in it, it's a, it's a short run show. We're only doing a hundred days. Uh, depending what happens after that, we may go on and uh, talk about the next administration. But right now we're on a 100 day countdown calendar from today. So this, we do have a shelf life, right, Michael? We'll see what happens. <laughs> In more ways than one. There you go. Like Trump and company, it starts to stink after 100 days. Who knows? <laughs> we'll get rid of him, I say. All right. Well, uh, let's play out to a little music, guys. We're going to play Levi Christ. This is so much better because we think things are going to get better here in the next 100 days. Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, Michael. Stay on the line. Cosmological ecstasy Getting hooked